Hello everybody, how's it going today? Goldplasma231 here, back again to talk about Weekly Shonen Jump, issue number 32 of 2023 here today. Like I said, so we're going to be back talking about the next Weekly Shonen Jump issue. I talked about 31 last week, so of course, it makes sense to talk about 32 this week. All in all, I don't think this was a very good week in Jump. Well, I think there was some really good stuff in the magazine. I don't think, I don't feel like this was one of the best weeks we've had in a long time. Um, as you know, here I go through every single series that I read, that I read in the magazine this past week. And this week I have 14 series that I read, not mentioning like anything that comes in on Jump Plus. Like we had a Spy Family chapter this week. I'm not going to be talking about that since that's not an actual Jump series. That's a Jump Plus sort of deal. So I'm going to go through everything in the order I read it in since I do read all of these series and normally about a particular order, it's just how I like to read them. So I'll be talking about them in that order and then as we go through, I'm going to say what, talk about what I liked about them, what I didn't like, and also like the brief plot description of the chapter. I'm really just going to be saying whatever I want to say about it. I'm going to point out any standout characters that we see in the chapter. But this week, we really didn't have too many standout characters. It was a lot of characters that had a few character moments and really not much else. Like, I was very hard-pressed to find a very good MVP this week. But at the end of the video, I'll also run through every chapter where I ranked it. So whatever I thought was the best chapter, whatever I thought was the worst, and where everything falls in in between there. If you totally listen to that, it's at the end of the video. But without further ado... I really don't have too much else to say about anything this week, so yeah, let's just go and start from the beginning with the first series I read, which was My Hero Academia. Oh, me and oh, good old My Hero Academia. So this chapter, we ended off last time with like the whole stuff about Toga's hero name, and eventually I will get a, review, a standard review out of this chapter, but it's just going to take a little while, being I've got like 50 chapters I've got a backlog to get back on. But pretty much it's just about like Toga and a villain name and just her and Uraka going at it and going through all together and eventually Uraka and Toga at the end sort of have a little bit of a heart to heart after Uraka really just like tells Toga like you've got a nice smile it's pretty cool and there's just not really a whole lot to it besides these two characters are duking it out at it and something really surprising which is a little sad it's really surprising this chapter is 17 pages this is like the first 17 page my hero chapter in a while and to be honest if horikoshi needs to take a break every other week and my hero academia just becomes a bi-weekly series just to have like a good sort of longer chapter like just even if it's just 17 pages that would be really nice because it's much easier to care about the chapter when it's not just like a nine pages, oh, something's happening and Dobby's suddenly here, right? It, it makes the series, it makes you want to care about it a lot more is I guess what I'm trying to get across. But yeah, I mean, it's a fun chapter. I'll talk about it more in review, that's why I don't really want to go too much into depth in it here, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's all right. Next up is Undead Unluck, and this is Undead Unluck chapter number 166. And this chapter is pretty much the fight between Shin and Mui. Like, they started their fight last time, and this time they're actually going through the fight and just doing everything. And eventually, we sort of get a little bit of a flashback with 
Shin, Fing, and Mei, which is a sister of Not Mui, who's like a girlfriend. So as we're going through here, it's just happening, they're fighting each other, and there's a bunch of like stuff like, this is the truth behind becoming the strongest until eventually Shin unlocks untruth and just gives a nice square punch into Mui because, and she didn't move out of the way just because, yeah, untruth activated. And there's a, then there's a thing where Mui's sort of like falling off the edge of a cliff, so Shin runs up and grabs her just in time. But then all of the members of Union come in and grab um, Shin too with Mui. And there's a whole thing also in a chapter about the um, um, Ninoki Kino staff, which is the very extendy staff that we always see, saw Shin use. And it all, interesting thing about it is that it always had unbreakable things on the end, but currently it doesn't. So. It's just an interesting thing to note of. It's a bit different. But then Fing ends up grabbing Void, who's the last one on the sort of chain of humans here. And yeah, Fing's just like, hey, let's find out which one's the strongest. Shin, me or you. So it's just a really cool thing. Cool thing. And I also saw something on Twitter about how this sort of like human chain here is something in like Japanese mythology of some sort of thing. And it was an interesting read, but I honestly don't really remember what it is at this point, but this is a really cool chapter where both Fing and Shin did look really cool, and I'm just going to say it, this was my chapter of the week because it, it was just a really good chapter. Like, I've said this multiple times, Shin and Mui are my two favorite characters in Undead Unluck, and just seeing them back is just really awesome on every single level. Now, the next series is Black Clover, which this week was chapter 364. Um, I what this chapter was titled Do or Die, which is a pretty cool name. And while it is only one of those 15-page chapters, this chapter is all about the Black Bulls fighting against um, the um, Angelica, the Paladin, that's what they're calling them, the Paladin Dementio, or... The, I forgot what the dude's name is. But they're fighting about it, and we just see everybody do a lot of cool action. The action doesn't always seem to sort of line up, but we see, like, Henry and, um... Ah, uh, it's not Gauche. It's Gordon running up in the beginning, and Paladin Dementio sort of swings something down and destroys the Black Bull mech, and then Grey, with her healing powers, is there healing the two of them, and all of a sudden they're coming through. Zora's using some trap magic to send spells back and Lux also here Magnus here Nox here Charmy summons a big wolf and they're just all going at it and it's just a really cool chapter like we see Zora do a few cool things punch stuff I like really like Zora Gauche is making copies of Grey sort of move her across it's just really cool and eventually he finds out where the real Grey is and goes to kill her but Gauche hops in the way because oh they love each other look at that but they both end up getting cut in half, and it seems like Rebecca's um, red string of fate magic, or the, the fate magic that allows pretty much broken stuff to happen isn't working, and something in Fineral isn't work going too good either. And at the end of the chapter, Oz is talking to Ryu, and he's like, hey Ryu, isn't it time yet? Where are they? And you just like, everybody, what's going on? And we then see that um, Nehru is using some sealing magic, like, everybody, not yet, we can still fight, as we see, um, Sekre there, Nehru, um, Magma, Luck, 
and just everybody beating and bloody and just looking cool. It, it was just a really cool fighting chapter, and there's it, not really a whole lot to say. It's just uh, it's what Black Clover does best, which is a bunch of just really cool action just happening. And yeah, oh, what's going to happen next? I'm sure the Black Bills will prevail somehow, and Ox will come back out and instantly slash down um, Domintio or whatever we call him. I forget. Yeah, it was a pretty good chapter. Next chapter up was the Ichinose's Family Deadly Sins, chapter number 32. And in this chapter, we learn about some stuff that happened last time, where the grandma is now in a coma. And pretty much the whole point of the chapter is just seeing the mom of the family just slowly go into a deeper spiral. And, like, um, Tsubasa eventually asks his sister to come over to the house and eat with him, and she eventually does and it's just a really messed up thing where the mom just wants to be a happy mom but she's got to deal with all of these things going on and the dad and it's just a mess at the end where eventually um Tsubasa asks about Sota and that just makes everything come crashing down and we see that yeah the family isn't good at all and Tsubasa has a little note of maybe I would have been happier staying in the dream because this fam broken family may never be able to go to how it was before. So, yeah, it's a fine chapter. It it does a really good job of just showing raw emotion, which I think Ichinose's family sins definitely has done a lot. But like last week, it, it's just a chapter that, okay, let's see what happens next time. And, and that's really all there is to it. Next ch chapter is Martial Master Sumi, or MMA, I just love that abbreviation, chapter 4, where we start off with a sort of semi-flashback with both um, Asumi, or whatever you call him, and his brother, um, Kazuro, and oh, the kid's name is Nito, he had a brother, so we see Nito and Kazuro here, and we sort of just learn about their relationship the entire time, and how much of really an asshole Kazuro is. And that's pretty much going through the whole thing, because eventually um, Kazuro invites Nito's friend, like, Juzo, to come over. So he comes over to this um, fight camp thing and really beats the crap out of him. So that's happening, and then um, now also be there, so um, Nito ends up coming along. And, yeah... Yuta pretty much gets the shit beat out of him. That's a kid named Yuta. It gets the crap beat out of him completely. And it's just a whole thing of, yeah, Cosmo's just a real asshole, and that's what the chapter's trying to make him out to be. It is a very good chapter. Uh, like, I'm not gonna lie at all. I really enjoyed it while reading it, and I just don't really have a whole lot to say, because the whole brother dynamic is really well explored throughout the chapter, just not a whole lot I want to say. Next up was Tenmaku Cinema Chapter 13. Again, I reviewed Tenmaku Cinema re weekly, so um, I will have a more expanded video of thoughts on it. Um, this chapter is just pretty much all about Tenmaku, just going through his life, and we see him as a child and him growing up, what his relationship to Ryushi Urkawa is, and seeing why he ended up possessing Hajime, and at the end, him and Hajime just have a really nice moment. And that's really just the long short of the chapter. It is a very phenomenal chapter, and Tenmaku was a great character to watch throughout the entire thing this week. Next chapter, then, was Kill Blue, Chapter 12. Well, if you remember last time, we met um, 
oh, I think his name was something like Tinmatindo, or whatever. It was a really evil, like, evil sounding name, like, to where it was so comically bad and evil. Um, if you can't tell, I'm trying to very much, um, stretch for time so I can figure out what the guy's name is. Um, we're, we're working on it slowly but surely. Um, we're doing it. Yeah, Tinmatindo, I was right, look at that. So, it's pretty much, um, about the confrontation that Tinma made with Odagami last time, and we pretty much see the two of them going out and picking up players to help them do everything. And there's a really interesting moment where Tinma goes to meet up this other dude, and which he wants to use on the team with him. So that's happening, and it, we pretty much it's all done. To just see that Tinma is stupid strong, to where he can just stick a foot out to catch a ball flying at very high speeds throughout the air. We also see what's happening with Otagami as we see the um, baby pacifier dude is also there with him along and there's another guy here who's wanting to join him so it's just a really nice thing where it's going to be these three against these other two and then comes the day of the game which is an inside soccer match of course and pretty much it's a big back and forth between both Tenma and Odagamis we're getting ready to do it they do a bunch of like soccer talk because of course I think the guy was what like Tadatoshi Fujimaki he obviously knows how to write um sports manga being think he was the one who wrote Korko's basketball i've never read series but i'm pretty sure so as it's all going on there's pretty much a whole big thing where as it keeps going on um Odagami gets the ball and kicks as hard as we can and oh look at that tinma sticks his leg out to kick it but he can't it's too powerful and there's a whole Stupid line at the ending where um, Odagami's is like, when it comes to kicking, I've never been out kicked that kicked a can in my life. Which is such a stupid note to end out on, which doesn't even come up in the series so far, but it's really all there is to the chapter with. Like, whenever I think of kicked a can, all I can think is just like the 15 episodes of Gintama that like mess with the joke of kicked a can. So, it's a fine chapter, but definitely not one of Kill Blue's finest, but I do just love the stupidly evil character of um, Tinma Tindo they're making out to be. It's, he's so evil, and whenever he eventually joins like the good guy squad here, it's going to be fun to keep seeing him throughout the series. So, I thought Kill Blue was a pretty good chapter. Next chapter was Icehead Gill, chapter 3, and we are on chapter 3, so that means I will make my judgment if I'm going to continue reading it or not. And, fun fact, I'm going to tell you, I am not going to continue reading it. But, I have to say, I really do like this chapter, because throughout the chapter, it's pretty much Gil going on a new adventure, and there's a girl named Sana that he ends up meeting. And, throughout the chapter, like, I don't really want to talk about it too much, because I don't find it interesting, but I really actually enjoy Sana's character. I, I really like Sa Sana, and for... A series of art style I don't really like too much. I, I really like um, Sana's whole look to her. It's a very like medieval and sort of Norse look, and it's it looks a lot better than Gil does. I think Gil's design is not the best, but pretty much goes through the chapter. Um, Sana helps run a like tavern or bar or inn or whatever, and invites this big barbarian into it but she also invites Gil there 
She ends up stealing Gil's very important book, goes out into the woods, and writes down her own tale because she really likes books on some walls. And there's a big thing where eventually, oh no, this big bad evil guy comes, BBGE comes and um, captures Sana and destroys some of the word writing stuff. And oh no, Gil comes to him and kicks his ass. And oh no, Sana falls off of a cliff and Gil goes to jump after her to save her. This was a fine chapter. I mean, it, it wasn't anything special, but it just wasn't amazing either. So I don't really have too much to say about it. Really, only thing that made it not the worst chapter of the week is Sana existed, and I thought Sana was pretty cool. I'm not reading any more of this series unless it was like the Ichinose's Family Deadly Sins where I hear so much about it, and I'm like, okay, I will give that an honest second chance maybe when they get to like, I don't know, 10 more chapters in or something, but I highly doubt the series is getting that far. Next chapter I read was Nui's Exorcist, Chapter 9. Oh man, this is the stupid stuff that I love Nui's Exorcist for. So, pretty much at the beginning of the chapter, and I'll read it last time, with the one um, exorcist girl who also makes contracts with evil spirits. I don't remember her name and don't really care to, but Nui's pretty much here. And Nui makes her a deal of, if you beat Gakuro in a battle, then I'll make a contract with you also. And Gakuro's like, oh, what are you talking about? And we learned this is going to be a battle in 10 days, and it's pretty much very bad. And Gakuro's really freaking out about it. And then Nui asks this girl if they will join the Exorcist Club with them. And oh no, we cut back to the next day where Gakuro's walking through the Exorcist Club room. As we see, Nui is there along with the other exorcist girl and the other exorcist girl both of the exorcist girls in the series are there would you look at that and we pretty much learned that the one we've been focusing on pretty much got orders from um authority to make friends with gakuro and if Nue will leak anything through him then that'll happen so she gets very close to gakuro and Throughout the whole chapter, there's a whole thing where the other exorcist girl wants to go to the beach with everybody. And being that not everybody can really go, it's a whole thing of where she's been assigned a security job there. And they're going and, oh, but going back to the other exorcist girl, there's a whole thing where Nui also wants Gakuro to make friends with her. So the two of them end up going to a restaurant together and are going to eat together. But Gakuro got a meal ticket from Nui, which is for couples only. Oh no, and you've got a kiss to turn into thing. So Gakuro's there and they eat food. But Gakuro's going to be a nice person and pay for her meal and then do whatever he can to get his meal paid for. But they end up talking and at the end of the chapter, this girl comes over and gives Gakuro a big kiss and... Oh no, look at that, they get their meal for free, oh my goodness! Yeah, it, it's really stupid, but it's the very much stupid that I already know it's Exorcist for. Not remember character names or anything, just know, oh yeah, that was stupid. Um, next up is Fabric and 100, chapter 29. Now, this chapter is a very interesting one, I'm surprised the series has really lasted 29 whole chapters, but... We start off in a flashback with both Ayako and Kumugi as told from Ayako's perspective as we pretty much learn that both Ayako and um, Kugi 
were so much stronger than everybody else. And they had a master, Master Binitake, who wasn't as strong as them and somebody who always vested them. But as we sort of learn, um, both Kugi and Ayaka were very unhinged children. And um, this master, Binitake, was the only person that really put them in their place and showed kindness to them, but also scolded them, even though they were much weaker than them. So they called him their master. And this guy pretty much really believed in sacrificing himself for a cause. He was a very nice person. And they, pre and they pretty much carved these two into better people. And it was that mentality which drew so many people to him. And we see a thing where both of these kids want to protect him because they know some people are just trying to con him out of stuff. And pretty much um, the way we see it is that neither the Master or um, Kugi really had an eye for people. So Ayaka was the one who would keep out an eye for both of them, making sure nothing bad happened. But in the end, what ends up happening is people get the, this Benitake dude before everything else. Showing that, yes, he was weaker than them, and they weren't able to protect him when it really mattered. And it's just a really interesting thing of backstory between the two of them. So we see Ayaka's on the ground, because of course she got stabbed through last time. And she's making a little bit of a note of, I hate martyrs, being that, yeah, she's been turned into a martyr herself. And we get a really awesome um, page here, where we see something with Kugi and Benitake facing the background and behind them is Ayako holding up a sword she's just like um but the truth is I was also sacrificing myself for their sake so I've been a martyr this whole time and she's like how did I only realize that now so it's a really good character moment for Ayako and then there's a whole thing where um okay what's happening now it's pretty much this fabricant who made the clone of Kumugi turns into um oh what's his name um, Ashibi, and he goes to attack Fabricant number 100, and pretty much Fabricant 100 punches one of the two of them, um, and ends up punching the right one to punch, but it's a whole thing to where, oh, who's the real Ashibi, and pretty much the real one would have gotten healed anyway, so Fab the Fabricant just punches him through, and Ayako makes a note of, oh my gosh, Fabricant number, number 100 is so brutal as we get some uh, something from Fabricant number 100 perspective of pretty much since she got hurt so much last time and she felt pain for the first time, she never wants to feel that pain again, so she's going to wreck everybody's shit. Good chapter, Fabricant number 100. I, I, I really like Fabricant 100 as a series. I mean, it's always so fun to read. Um, next series is Akane Banashi, chapter number 69. Nice. Um, this chapter is all about Akane going through her storytelling, changing time. And I do like the chapter title called Dad's Magic. This being because, yeah, Akane just loves her father so much in his story of Rakugo that she's telling changing time. And there's a bunch of notes that she's um, telling the story. And we see that the very... Uh, the very stuck-up judge who's been giving everybody really bad pointing, his name is Gakuman, is very much saying that, like, this is a very hard story to tell. And he's just like, she obviously has really wide-ranging capabilities as a performer since she is telling a story that doesn't really suit her well at all. And we keep cutting around to a lot of people 
just seeing everything and it's like compared to the R2 she's lacking impact is we sort of see what um um ooh uh, what's his name um um Mikaru I think yeah Mikaru and um what Gakuro sort of think about this as they're sitting down and watching all this happen in real time and just talking about it and it's a whole big idea of Akane just being like um as she's thinking about her father she's just thinking like these things you flashing up in her mind she's like I just don't know the answer but I do have a reason for being a rock goka and the art I want to express to others that much will never waver because I was charmed by my dad's magic and at the end of the chapter we see something with Master Shiguma so he's just like Akane what is the image of Shinta Arakawa that you see right now? Who is he to you? Same sort of sentiment we had last chapter. Again, like I said last time, it's one of those Akane Banaji chapters that, yeah, perfectly good. Amazing. Just, It's just not anything that's making me go, oh my gosh, what's going on? I will read it next week and I will enjoy it whenever I do. That's how Akane Banaji's been for the last few chapters and that's how it is right now. Next chapter is Blue Box, chapter number 180. Eight, and it's pretty much a chapter that devolves into Taiki and um, ooh, what is the dude's name? Mitsuoka running uh, another foot race. But we start off the chapter with oh, Chinatsu is now the captain of the girls' basketball team, and she wants to win nationals this summer. And Taiki gives her strength to do this. They say good luck to each other as we're running in the gym, and we see that Chinatsu is very troubled by this, but we also see that Mitsuoka sees this. As we see Taiki is out running outside, doing his run, and Mitsuoka runs up past him, and Taiki runs in front of him, and they just get into like a ball race, like who has more balls run farther. And I was like, why are you making this a competition? And Mitsuoka's like, I'm just running, that's all. And there's a whole thing how... Mitsuoka really had a hard crush on Shinatsu, but he knows that Taiki is one and wants Taiki to treat her well. And it's just a, a really nice thing to where, yeah, they both know what's going on. And eventually Mitsuoka's like, hey, don't hold her back. I won't forgive you if you do. And Taiki doesn't even hear him. Um, I don't even know if Taiki understands what's going on, but we know that Mitsuoka, he's not the asshole we've sort of seen him to be. It's a really nice sort of moment. But eventually Taiki passes out on a bench, and who would walk by but Chinatsu? And oh, look at that, they end up sort of walking home together, and there's a whole note of, oh no, Taiki, your birthday is in a few days, and Chinatsu wants Taiki to leave the schedule for night of his birthday open. And Taiki's like, okay, and it'll be Taiki's first birthday with a girlfriend. That's the chapter. It's a fairly good one, just again. Not a whole lot to sort of comment on and talk about, but as normal, really wholesome chapter. Next chapter is the Elusive Samurai, chapter number 117. And yeah, this is another very interesting chapter because it starts off with a new character, one sort of... Yeah, it's a very interesting chapter because it starts off with a new character we've never met before with a character gimmick of they are in robes covering all over them, but they have light blinding out of it. So they're so blinding and so powerful. What can that mean? 
We didn't see a whole thing of all the elusive warriors outside carrying some stuff and moving around. And we even see that, of course, the elusive warriors are Tokuyuki, Ayako, um, Shizuku, and um, Sword Kid. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now, but I, I'll remember it somewhere. Kojiro. No, is it Kojiro? I think it's Kojiro. I don't really remember right now. There's a lot of characters I've got to keep in my mind for doing this. But we all see Gimba here, Natsu's with him. As it pretty much goes on, um, they're walking back up to their hut where they're staying, and there's a visitor there, and it is this brightly, um, um, bright shining human with robes under him. And there's a whole thing of, oh man, it's pure human power in a future to call, or it's coming off. And this person wants Tokuyuki to apologize for everything going on and everything he's done. It's sort of just a little bit of a weird joke. But eventually we learn who this is. It is Tanake Aki. Um, interesting name. Pretty much they are a very powerful commander and yeah pretty much they're giving a confirmation from the Mikado saying yeah you can work with us you're going to be under us with our control and it's a whole thing at the end of yeah new person is here um unlike the god living your shige dono aki the man the man it shined like the sun itself as this aki person like come with me hojo Tuguki, for we have far to travel so what's going to happen now um, we're going to get more conflict going on in the Elusive Samurai. I'm sort of excited for it. I don't really like this chapter too much. I, I just, to be honest, I didn't really like the whole design of this new character. I, I really liked it more when it was sort of like a mystery under the cloth. But, no, I mean, it's a fine chapter. Not the best thing I've ever read, but not the worst. Fine chapter to Elusive Samurai. And finally, we're going to round, out it, round it out with Witch Watch, chapter 116. This chapter pretty much starts off with the confrontation between Keigo and, um, I think her name was Komogi? I really need to figure all this out. But, pretty much the whole thing of, Komogi's like, I'm going to take you down, werewolf. And they do a little bit of fighting, and Keigo's like, alright, I do need to find a werewolf. And, we get a really interesting thing about him, he's like, when I quit skating, I died, um... We get a very interesting thing with Kago sort of showing that, like, hey, whenever I start to quit skating, I felt like I lost will to live, and he, he just didn't really do much of his life, but whenever he got given a purpose to help guard Nico, he got sort of a purpose back. And there's a whole thing where he also thinks about his time with Nimu and everything, and oh, your Shaper Witch is now summoning a big Earth thing. As we cut over to another fight, which is the Dreamweaver Witch, against um Mika Miharu and uh, Dreamweaver Witch's girl's name is Rabuka so they're going to be fighting and it's just a really interesting thing of where they're talking sort of having a little bit of fun while talking but Miharu is getting very drained and at the end of the chapter they're just squaring off and there's a whole joke of whenever Miharu's like hey let's learn each other's names she's like Rabuka and Miharu's is like no that's not your name it's like your online handle or something it's a funny joke. Um, it's a fine chapter. I think definitely the Kago stuff at the beginning steals the show. Because um, it's a really nice moment. But yeah, I don't really have too much else to say about it. Um, like I said, not the best week for Jump. But I definitely feel like there were some really good chapters. In order of how I ranked them, I thought Undead and Luck was the best chapter this week. 
followed up by Martial Master Sumi, Tenmaku Cinema, Black Clover, Witch Watch, Fabricant 100, My Hero Academia, Blue Box, Elusive Samurai, Akane Banashi, Ichinose Family, Kill Blue, Icehead Gill, and Nui's Exorcist. I definitely think Undead, um, MMA, Tenmaku Cinema, um, Black Clover, Witch Watch, Fabricant, and My Hero were probably the best chapters of the week, just followed up by Blue Box. And Elusive Samurai, Akane, Ichinose Family, and Kill Blue were very middling. And then, as per usual, I think Icehead Gildas wasn't amazing, and Nui's Exorcist sort of sucked. The character I gave it to this week um, was Tenmaku from Tenmaku Cinema, just because I actually just really liked his whole spiel going on here, and of course, I do like Tenmaku Cinema, so that sort of leads me to liking it a bit more, but I definitely think there were some deserving characters like Ayako and her brother. I don't really think there's anybody from my hero. Shin and Mui by far. Um, the Black Bulls as a group looked just really cool this week. And yeah, they're just... Well, there's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of middling stuff too, so... That's this week for my weekly Shonen Jump talk about of issue number... Oh man, what was this? 32 of 2023? If you liked how I talked about everything here, I've got a few more videos where I talk about it. I started at 29 of 2023, so I've got three other videos you can go check out on the channel if you really like this one. And with that, I really don't have too much else to say. Um, if you enjoyed this, uh, hopefully you won't mind uh, dropping a like on the channel, subscribing, or even commenting if you think I had a, some bad opinions, which I'm sure I did. Um, yeah, well, with that, I hope you guys enjoyed this, and yeah. I'll see you guys next time for Weekly Shonen Jump, issue number 33 of 2022. This will be Gold Plasma 231.